I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to Canto Byte Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lind. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Just hanging out, talking about some Star Wars. Yay! How's your week been? Um, pretty uneventful. Not much happening. Oh, I did get... They're now doing um, the the Funko Pops. They're doing these ones called Movie Moments, which are actually, like, scenes from the movies. And there was a Walgreens exclusive, which was the Cloud City Duel. And so it's got a little plastic platform, like, catwalk thing. And then it has Vader and Luke with lightsabers. Oh, wow. It's pretty fucking cool, and I was pretty excited when I saw it in the store. I know. That's really cool, because you, when you sent that to all of us at the Rogue One Army I, and the Steel Wars uh, Safe Haven, I was surprised, because I've never seen that before. So this is obviously something new. Yeah, the back of the box has a couple of other ones that I guess are coming. There's a Luke and Leia one, which is the trash compactor. There's the... Obi-Wan Vader duel, there's the Han Greedo Cantina scene, and there might be one more that I'm forgetting. Wow. That's exciting. Well, I'm glad that you got one. That's really cute because they have it's just Vader and Luke and then it's that, they're on that little balcony thing. Yeah, and then it has like a little like a cardboard background of sort of like a like the background in the movie scene. So I have nice. that up with it. Nice. I love it. That sounds like a really eventful week. We have a, not really a lot to talk about today, but some important topics. We have um, a new Forces of Destiny trailer. We also have a new episode that just released today, so we'll talk a little bit about that. About that. We have some rumors about The Last Jedi, and we have some fantastic emails. And Emily also watched The Clone Wars, I presume. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm excited to get into that. So I might as well start with something a little sweet and innocent. So there was a new Forces of Destiny trailer that came out the other day. Emily, 
What did you think about this trailer? What stood out to you about this? Um, it looks like we're getting a lot of different characters, which I'm pretty excited for. I really liked the first season, so I'm interested to see it coming back. I was especially happy to see some more Ewoks. Yes, those little Ewoks. I believe, like, one of the quotes that Leia said, something like, oh, like, treat your enemy well, or it was like, the Ewoks were hungry, the Ewoks eat too, or something. I thought that was really cute to (laughs) add. Yeah, when they they have, like, the stormtrooper on this bit, it made me laugh. Um, I also I also like that we actually uh, see Maz in this scene, so I'm hoping that we actually get an episode with her and it's not just the the voiceover at the beginning of the eps. Yeah, we get, like, a, a couple quotes from her, too. Like, like, let me see if I can read. Like, being a hero means stepping forward and some other Moz quotes, like some nice little quotes they could put on your Instagram when you post a nice selfie. Like, those kind of quotes. So... I'll probably take that out. That's awful. But, you know, yeah, there's some good Moz quotes. So that should be fun. And it really looks like we're getting a bunch of different eras. I mean, we already saw that a little bit in the first season, but they're definitely continuing that because we see, I mean, we see Padme, we see Jin, we see Hera, we see Rey, we see Leia. And uh, Sabine, too. So that's really neat. I know. I like the whole, you know, three eras thing. I don't know how they're going to do it with their, you know, which episode they're going to release first. Well, for instance, we just got a new episode today with Sabine and her friend Ketsu. So we'll talk about it a little later. But it's awesome because we also got a little snippet of a scene with Jin and Sabine. So, Emily, I know you don't watch The Clone Wars, but what did you think about seeing uh, Jin with a character from Rebels? I was sort of like, okay, I, I could see why people would be excited for it. Because I don't, I don't know Sabine, I know, I know people really love her, especially um, like Patrick Bonfisker is a really big fan. Hi, Patrick. But, I, I mean, she's a cool looking character, and I liked her in the new episode that we saw today. So, I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, you you would know that character more. So what's that like from your perspective? Yeah, I don't know why, but I got like a lot of chills and I got almost like teary eyed watching this. I don't know if it was just seeing like a lot of like women in Star Wars, you know, you're starting off with Rey being like, I can do this. And it's like, yeah, women, like we can do this. And a lot of things that, you know, they say that we can't, we can. And I don't know, just seeing Jin and Sabine together, it's really interesting because, you know, seeing kind of like both eras, well, even though the Rebels and um, a Rogue One era are kind of the same, you don't really see those characters interact. So seeing two char- women characters from these both kind of eras, it was really awesome. And to see their interaction will be great, even though it's going to be something childish or them like working together for absolutely no reason. It, it's going to be fun seeing. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited that, you know, the voice voice actresses for both of these are going to do this. So it should be great. Yeah. And there's, there's some interesting stuff. Like I thought it was interesting that there's a, there's a shot of Ray and um and Han together like in the Falcon which surprised me so it looks like we're actually going to see something set I mean I guess it would have to be set within the Force Awakens yeah 
it's interesting how they're doing that. Like they do the different eras, but they're doing it like during the Force Awakens or like kind of in the middle of it. Because I was interested in that too, because I saw their little Han Solo moment, and I don't know, is that actually going to be Harrison Ford, or are they just going to hire some like man to do this? Because I'm a little interested in that. I mean, I figure it's got to be somebody else. I don't know. You never know, though. Maybe Harrison Ford doesn't really do anything right now, other than Blade Runner, of course, but <laughs> that'll be fun. I mean, I guess like maybe because it wouldn't have taken much time for him to do, but I'm, I'm very, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, but I was surprised to see him. There were other characters that I was surprised to see because we see also a young Han with uh, Princess Leia, too, so... That's a little fun little snippet what we get. And then we see Chopper with Hera. And we also see Hera, too, in the other new episode of Forces Destiny. But we'll get to that a little later. But it was a fun little trailer. I mean, like, Forces of Destiny hasn't really disappointed me at all. All the episodes are really cute, and I enjoy them. So I'm excited to see what Forces of Destiny has in stall for the future. Yeah, and we see, we see Yoda in there. Yes. Anakin and his beautiful haircut and his beautiful lips. <laughs> and now, now I don't. We didn't. We didn't actually see Finn in this trailer, did we? Because I know. I know John Boyega did at least an episode. Oh really? Yeah. I don't remember seeing him in it, but I. I wouldn't be surprised because we. I remember only seeing that little snippet of. Ray and Han together and he says something like you're doing great kid or something Han-esque so oh here's a quote from back in August from Jennifer Miro who who created it and, and writes Force of Destiny talking, talking about how they got John Boyega back and then about Han it says Han Solo don't worry he'll be glorious so that's, I mean, that's playing it pretty close. Interesting. Hopefully that episode will drop soon because usually you can tell by the trailers like when the episodes will drop because usually like the very first scene that they kind of show is going to be like the first couple of episodes. So should be a fun little thing. Or isn't it? Because I think tonight Disney Channel is going to do a thing where they show like all of them at once or something. I don't know. I should keep up. I think it's like maybe like, I don't think it's all of them. I think it's maybe like half of them. I don't know. I'm a little bit confused reading the scheduling of it, but because they're doing like half hour specials. Wow. Yeah. It looks like from looking at the air dates given on Wikipedia, it looks like it'll be four and then four. So I guess I guess that would work out once you add in commercial breaks. The episodes are about, you know, three to four minutes. There might be some other stuff in there. Like, a, I don't know. If it's on TV, they might have, like, a theme song or something. Who knows? Yeah, that'll be cute. That's a little exciting, like, Sunday night thing to do. It's awesome. You know, definitely seeing, like, Star Wars on, like, the Disney Channel. That's really cool because we usually see Rebels on Disney XD, which is not the same as Disney Channel shows so that should be fun I'm excited for that as I've probably said a hundred times but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so there was also a new Forces of Destiny episode 
and it was called The New Recruit with Sabine and Ketsu. And Ketsu is a bounty hunter, if you didn't know Emily. She's kind of like a bounty hunter that was friends with Sabine before Sabine was uh, with the Rebellion, so... Or with the pre-Rebellion. Okay. So, it was a nice little episode. What did you think about it? Or, I should probably explain it before. So... Sabine and Ketsu are getting supplies and cargo for the Rebellion. They're getting, like, food or something. And they're at a cargo landing bay. And, of course, they run into stormtroopers. And two stormtroopers turns into, like, seven. So they're finding the stormtroopers. And all of a sudden, one of them shoots the one of the little cargo things. And there's a child creature in there eating some of the cargo and it's screaming and then Ketsu's like I'll rescue the child and then Sabine's like oh we need backup and then Hera comes and saves the day and they grab the child Ketsu grabs the child and they go to the ghost which is Hera's ship and then Hera's like great job even though they didn't accomplish anything like they were there to get the supplies but they didn't but it turned into a rescue mission but it's fine it's it's forces destiny and then during that experience, Katsu decides that she wants to be part of the rebellion. So Sabine paints a little, you know, rebellion thing on her little armor. And it's kind of cute. So it was a cute little episode. It was three minutes long or a little over three minutes. So it was a little longer episode than we were given the last couple of ones. But I liked it. What did you think of it, Emily? Yeah, it was cute. I mean, this one didn't s- strike as much of a chord with me simply because... It's not characters that I know, but I still enjoyed it. It's just, you know, it's a nice little couple of minutes to watch. It's cute. I like, I like the animation style. I don't think I'd want to watch, you know, like a half hour show that was like that. Mm -hmm. But I think for, for little shorts, it's really cute. And I, uh, Katsu is, is voiced by Gina Torres from Hannibal and Firefly and a bunch of other stuff. And I love her. So I was excited to hear her voice. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I've only seen her at least, I think, once or twice during Star Wars Rebels. So it's good kind of seeing, like, a reoccurring character. But I also like the animation style. I know a lot of people like to shit on it because people are terrible and like to shit on anything with Forces Destiny because it's not Clone Wars. Not our group, but of course other people. So it's really interesting, and it's it's fun seeing you know this new animation style because it reminds me of like the two thousand three two thousand. No, I think it was two thousand four. There was like a little Clone War series that was on Cartoon Network for a little bit, like right before the events of Revenge of the Sith, and it was just like this, and I really enjoyed it. And you know, seeing this animation style too, like you kind of see like when Sabine like takes off her helmet, you see like her hair move, and I like that and. It made me think, too, like, a lot of people don't like Rebels. And I totally understand. Like, I'm kind of in that boat, too. And if Rebels was really, like, only, like, five, like, four-minute episodes like this, like, I think I'd enjoy it. Because I enjoy this little snippet. Because you kind of get to know the characters, like, at least a little bit. Like, you know by looking at this episode, you see that Sabine and Hera and Ketsu are trying to help the Rebellion. And they're doing this for a positive cause. And other than Rebels, you know, you get the filler episodes and a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily need. So... I like this. I I like where this is going. Yeah, I like it. I actually, I'm a much bigger fan of 2D animation than I am 3D animation, mm-hmm. which I think is, is sort of some of the problems that I have with Rebels is I, I don't particularly like the style of it. 
but I just, I think this is really cute and it's sweet and it's just, it, you know, it is what it is, which is a little three minute program aimed at little kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's what this was made for. It was for like little kids and, you know, something to watch on the Disney channel. So of course it's, you know, for kids, but of course, like, you know, a bunch of adults like to kind of criticize this, like. Like earlier, I said something about Anakin's hairstyle and his lifts, even though that shouldn't matter. But to a kid, you know, they hear the voice and they know that it's Anakin. So, but I thought it was really cute. And, you know, they added Chopper. And I know a lot of kids probably like Chopper. Do you like Chopper? You don't really know Chopper, but do you? I don't really know Chopper. I don't. He's a little droid. I, in general, like droids. So, yeah, because R2-D2 is like a cat droid. No, sorry, he's like a dog droid. And Chopper is like a cat droid. So he's kind of, you know, moody sometimes and he does some shady shit. But y- you like it because it's, it, it's kind of funny. And it's like that terrible humor that you don't like with like the battle droids. It's kind of what Chopper does. But he goes like, that's all he sounds like. So it's kind of funny. Okay. Now I do say I still... I'm very sad there's no Mon Mothma. I want there to be Mon Mothma episode. You never know, but speaking of animals, I went to an aquarium the other day, and this is in dedication to Patrick, because I told him I'd talk about this. And I, I went to an aquarium in San Diego. It was nice. I saw a lot of weird-looking fish and some sharks. And... It was nice. It was a nice day out. It's a small aquarium, so. And I had to do this for Patrick. Patrick, this is for you, because you told me that you wanted to hear about my aquarium experience. But it was really weird, because I was there with my brother, because he was doing something for school. And we were there, like, at 10 or 11. And there were, like, a bunch of, like, little kids there with, like, their parents. Like, the kids were, like, two or three or one or that really small toddler age. And there was this woman that came up to my brother and she says something like, Oh, what are you guys doing here? And he's like, Oh, like I'm doing a project for school. And she looks at him and she says, why don't you just Google the answers? And she just walks away. And I'm like, (laughs) I know. Like I heard her say that, but I didn't realize it until like my brother, we went to in and out afterwards because go my younger brother for giving me some good quality California food after surviving two hours in that aquarium but yeah like this lady is like she acted like my brother was like interrupting her child's experience in this really small expensive aquarium where there's only like five tiny fish and just one sea there's only one sea turtle there there's only one turtle that's not enough turtles but it's just all alone well okay so (laughs) so there it's like in this like little aquarium because there's different like different setups of the animals so it's with these other fish like it's just it's all alone like it's just a lone turtle but the turtle's legs were a little like i think it was a rescue turtle so it was just kind of like it was that remember i sent you that or i sent the picture of the turtle and i said drunk turtle because he was like sitting all weird yeah yeah it was that he was just all alone and i felt bad like he had fish friends but yeah, but he should have a turtle friend. He should. I know. And, like, the eels had friends. Like, why can the eels have friends and not the turtle? You know, it's fucked up. But that's just how life is, and it sucks. And we need to get that turtle some friends. I should email the aquarium and tell them that the turtle needs friends. But 
Yeah. Oh, poor turtle. I know, but yeah, we I saw some sharks. Like there, there weren't really a lot of sharks, and it was it's sucky because it's like there's the inside aquarium, and then like there's the outside where it's like you see a nice view from like the beach. You can see the beach from there because it's in La Jolla, and it's near one of like the nicest beaches in San Diego. But it was all cloudy and kind of misty out, so you couldn't really see the beach and. There, the turtle only had one friend and there was these two weird looking fish that looked like old men and it was kind of weird so but yeah it was a fun day but anyways my horrible tangent has this has turned mm. into a aquarium podcast but I, I think this I'm is a Star Wars podcast so I think we should I'm just back. feeling bad for the turtle <laughs> I know I maybe there's like two turtles and like they kind of like take it out like you know how like there's like an actor in like a broadway show and then they kind of recycle out the actors maybe there's like numerous turtles and like at the very end of the night they like you think there's like a turtle understudy (laughs) i mean even the aquariums in epcot had more turtles like you're talking about a disney amusement park and you're talking about an actual aquarium but I don't know. I hope the turtle had friends, but if it didn't, I'd feel bad because it's just a turtle all alone. Like, what if this turtle thought it was a fish? Like, it's it surrounded by fish, and the psychological part of the turtle was like, oh, my God, I'm a fish, too, but why am I bigger than the fish? And it probably gets, like, the insecurity, like, I'm bigger than the fish. Like, why am I bigger? And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's... But... I should probably explain myself why I'm so all over the place. So I went to a party before this and I've, I've been, I was mixing some drinks and, oh yeah, I was going to say like, there's this drink I kind of created. Well, I didn't really create it, but it was on Pinterest or something. It tastes like an orange 50, 50 bar. So basically, I don't know what that is. Okay. You don't know. Okay. So basically it's like a popsicle and it's with orange and it's with like ice cream. Like vanilla ice cream. And there's this drink where you can like, you can do like vanilla vodka. It's like called like Kriok or Croc or not like the shoes, but Kriok or I don't know how to pronounce anything because I'm like 12. So, well, I'm, I, I'm 22. I swear I'm legal. I don't want to get in trouble. But yeah, so you, you do the, you do like a shot and a half or two shots of this vodka and then you do some orange crush, which is like orange soda. And then you do like a little bit of half and half cream. And then you mix it and it tastes like an orange 50-50 bar. Or you can make it like an orange sherbet drink where you do the same with the, or, uh, the orange soda. But you do like a, a Smirnoff. It's like a Smirnoff pineapple coconut vodka. And you put that in there without the half and half. And it tastes just like orange sherbet. And it's great. And I recommend it to everyone. Yeah, I, at this point, like, I have to do alcohol drinks that taste like alcohol. Because it's too, it's too dangerous otherwise. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, you just, I'm really, I'm terrible. Like, I. I don't really drink a lot of beer. Like, I like my foo-foo drinks. I like something that doesn't really taste like alcohol, but it is. And those orange 50-50 alcohol drinks, really, they are good. No, it just sounds like something I would get wasted on really quickly. Yeah. 
they're orange, but they're not red, which is red is the color for The Last Jedi. Oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I mean, this is a long bow you are drawing for this transition. <laughs> so, yeah, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we kind of incorporated colors with, you know, certain Star Wars movies. And I was talking to Emily about she should dye her hair red for The Last Jedi and she know what that meant. And we kind of went into a long discussion that turned into a Twitter conversation. But anyways, so we've kind of discovered that the color for The Last Jedi is red. And speaking of The Last Jedi... There are rumors that this movie is going to be 150 minutes because AMC Theaters, Cineplex, I think that's what it's called, and Fandango set this on their website as the time of the movie. So, Emily, what do you think about this? Because this actually beats Attack of the Clones because Attack of the Clones is 142 minutes. So this will be the longest Star Wars that we've had since 77. So what do you think? I mean, look, it's a long movie, if that is true. If it were any other movie, I'd be like, oh, that's too fucking long, but it's Star Wars. So I think if it's accurate, I'm fine with it, because that means more minutes of Star Wars going into my brain. Hell yeah. I feel the same way. But I almost feel like... That there's a lot of time for like filler scenes, you know, like why should like a movie that long? Like, do you think it's going to be too long? Do you think it's going to be the right amount of time? Because you look at movies like you know Lord of the Rings and other longer movies, and you kind of sit back and think like, should this movie really be that long? But then again, Lord of the Rings was a book first, so I almost take that back. But well, it sort of depends. I mean, you can talk about filler, but uh, filler also. It depends what it is. I mean, that can be things like nice character moments and, and like, development of these characters. It doesn't... I feel like movies shouldn't just be plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point. I mean, you can definitely get padded movies where, where you have unnecessary scenes, but I think if it's a well-written movie, you know, that length doesn't necessarily mean filler it could just be there's a lot of stuff here that's a really good point but i don't know i think it's so early that we're getting this too because i remember we didn't get this for um the force awakens or rogue one until probably a week or a couple days before it was released so it's kind of weird you know seeing this and thinking if it's true or not but it's already on fandango and other websites so, I believe Fandango was the one that leaked it. So, good job, Fandango. You fucked up. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I think it's a sort of just a thing that we know now. Like, we know going into, like, I mean, when I pull up my, like, my Alamo app or something, it tells me exactly when my movie starts and exactly when it gets over. And that's, like, buying tickets, like, three weeks out. I think that's a, it's fairly standard. I know we like to think that everything about Star Wars leaking is a huge deal, but I'm like, okay, I if this is accurate, and I hope it is, because I'd rather know the time than not know the time, I mean, knowing your movie time is pretty standard. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, you know, looking at, you know, what time it ends, what time it starts, you know, to strategize and to, you know, kind of plan around it. 
you know, like I was talking about last episode and probably the episode before, you know, I have a, I have a class during that time to see if I can probably strategize. But I know I was going to say something, but I forgot about this. But Oh, yeah. Because we're finding out the time, but we're also getting a trailer, too, next week, which is rumored. But I'm about 99.7% sure that it's going to happen. And they're going to release tickets, probably, or release a date then when tickets come out. So that should be really times 100 excited, or exciting, I can't speak, because I'm that excited for The Last Jedi trailer that's going to be 2 minutes and 30-something seconds long, and it's going to give us a lot of information about the movie and kind of what we're going to see in a couple months. So, what do you think? Yeah, it's still... It's still weird because it's still not sinking into me that Last Jedi is just a couple months away. It seems like it should still be like a year out. And it's they're like two months out and that's crazy. I know October's already here. It's October 1st right now that we're recording. And it almost feels like it was just yesterday when it was like announced on like the Star Wars webpage that oh, the movie is 100 days away, or this movie's called The Last Jedi. Like, time is just going by so fast, we don't realize it until we're going to blink and we're going to be sitting there in the theater, you know, wait, seeing a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away on the screen. It's incredible. It's so many different emotions and feelings. But, I don't know, 150 minutes, 2 hours, and 30 minutes. I mean, that's not bad. It's, it's long. It's not bad, but it's not good. No, but God, The Force Awakens was two hours and 13 or no, I think it was two hours, like 15 minutes. So they're going to probably add a little bit or I don't know, but they're already finished with the, you know, pre-production or post-production and everything. So they're kind of just like sitting back, you know, just waiting for all of us to scream our heads off when we see the trailer and be like, we want to see this movie now. That's going to be us next week when we record and after seeing the trailer, we're going to go review it and we're going to be really emotional and be like, oh, movie, we want it now. But Post-trailer is when I get really excited. Because then it's like a real movie. Oh my god, I know. I still remember I saw the trailer because it was the Monday Night Football. I remember I just got home from class and my I, I forced my parents to rewind it. Because I didn't want to walk in the door and see the trailer. Which I kind of did and was kind of pissed off. And I walked right back in the garage. And I'm like, I can't come in yet. And I saw like a hyperspace scene. And then I texted my parents, can I come in yet? And they're like, okay, we have it rewinded. <laughs> and I went back inside and I watched it. And I almost did. I almost thought that I liked the Chewy Were Home trailer more than like the actual Monday Night Football trailer. But that's just me. But I'm... I assume that this trailer is going to be great because we haven't really seen a lot of Last Jedi promotional shit yet, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm still dealing with the fact that we're going to see a trailer in, like, a week. That's, that's really soon. I know, I can't. I can't imagine, I can't imagine not liking it, though. Like, I can't even comprehend that it's going to be something that I don't like. 
Which is maybe bad, because then it's going to be, like, twice as disappointment. I know, I can't imagine being in the theater and watching the movie and, like, halfway through just thinking, I don't know if I like this. Like, that's, my, that's I think, that my biggest fear is that, you know, going into this, I'm going to be watching this, and, like, in the middle of it, I'm just going to be really skeptical, because I almost was like that during Rogue One, kind of during the, not, um, Jedi scene, like, some of the Jedha scenes, I was like, I don't know, but, of course, when Vader came, I was like, Vader, I'm in, but it should be okay, but, anyways, Emily, Yes. You watched some Clone Wars. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Here's the thing that annoys me about Clone Wars. <laughs> the thing. Like, there's only one. Okay. Uh, it was... I watched two episodes. They're not... It's not really a two-parter, but it's a connected story. Um, the first one is... This mad scientist dude has been in a hidden base the separatists have on Naboo and he's been developing this super deadly virus that you know it's basically the equivalent of smallpox and that it's like super deadly and was like devastating to the galaxy and it has been wiped out but this one crazy mad scientist has developed again and then the second episode is Anakin and Obi-Wan go into this moon to try to find a cure for it and this moon has this like there's a security system around it that means if you try to leave your ship gets shot down but like the people living there thinks it's like a ghost or a god or something like that that's doing it um the mad scientist is super annoying it's it's such a like b horror movie super old school Dr. Frankenstein kind of thing. Like, it's really, really hammy. I like Padme in it. I like Ahsoka in it. The problem is that Padme episodes mean they're Jar Jar episodes. And (laughs) I would like to like the Padme episodes because it's nice to see Padme and like her like I do in this cartoon. But fucking hate Jar Jar. I don't like characters who just sort of stumble into things by accident and then their, like, clumsiness causes things to happen. I've said that a couple times in the show because it happens on Clone Wars every time he's on. And it (laughs) continues to happen here. Um, it was fine. Like, minus the Jar Jar stuff. Like, there's some sweet stuff between Padme and Anakin when they're, like, really badly hiding the fact that they're in a relationship. Like, they're really, really bad at it. Like, just always bad at it. Constantly. It's so bad. It's so good. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, when she's, like, on the hospital bed, or kind of, like, the bed, like, the end of the episode, and she, like, holds his hand. And it's like, yo, how, how don't people know, like, that they're banging or that they're, like, married? Like, how... How do they not know, or how do they pretend they did not know? Because it's, it's like really serious, and especially like she gets worried about him, and she vocalizes it, which is the number one thing you don't fucking do. Like, she's like, Hannigan, <laughs> I can't do her stupid. I it's cringe, cringe is when 
that voice actress says like Anakin like for some reason I can deal with when Anne or when Natalie Portman does anything with Hayden Christensen but I also I gotta say it does sort of it does have one of the first real justifications of why Jedi shouldn't form attachments which is the mad scientist has Jar Jar and Padme tied up and is like electrocuting them and Anakin's choice is save them or go over, go after the mad scientist with the super deadly virus that could destroy the goddamn galaxy because he made it so it can be airborne when it used to just be a a virus that traveled through water and he of course saves Padme and Jar Jar and you go yeah of course because he's the hero and that's what they do but that's the wrong decision I mean almost destroying the galaxy to save your lady and by the way, your lady lives in the galaxy. So even if you save her, if you don't stop the mad scientist, she's still going to die from the virus. She almost did. And he had that really, like, angry temper tantrum on that one planet. That, and Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, you're being psycho. Or he says something probably logical. <laughs> probably not quite, not quite psycho. But I don't know, but... You look at that kind of situation that Anakin was in when he had to choose between kind of like the blue shadow virus thing and saving Anakin and Jar Jar. But do you think that Obi Wan, if he was in that position, do you think that he would have saved Padme and Jar Jar? Because I know that no Jedi aren't supposed to farm attachments, and we all know that Anakin has a pretty strong attachment to his wife. But you have to think that Obi Wan has strong attachments to these people too, because obviously he has a past with Jar Jar, and especially Padme. Like it's not really showed, you know during like the movies but kind of during the series you can tell that you know all three of them Anakin, Padme and Obi-Wan they get along great I mean I don't know I mean it may it's hard to it's hard to judge that because I mean it's Clone Wars and it's they're the heroes so obviously it's all gonna work out in the end so that sort of like skews how you view their decision making process but it's still, I mean, it's still the wrong decision. Yeah, but what is a right decision? Well, the right decision is to stop the guy with the virus who's going to wipe out the whole galaxy. That's always the right decision. <laughs> you know, you're so right about that. And I almost wanted to ask that in like a hypothetical or like kind of... I don't know, but I just realized now how obvious that is, and I feel stupid for asking that, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, but, yeah, you're totally right. You know, the right decision was to, you know, sacrifice the two to save a thousand or, you know, a whole galaxy, you know. But, you know, thank God, the end of the day, the blue virus didn't really, or the blue shadow virus didn't spread. It only spread to, you know, a couple clone troopers. Oh yeah, which basically like, I think I think you got to say that those clone trooper deaths are partially on Anakin on Anakin's shoulder. Yeah, and they don't care. It's kind of sad because you know some episodes kind of go into like the clones and you know how how they're people too, and you know so many casualties to the clones, and it's like they don't care. Well, it is it, it is they don't care. They they view these people as strategists or strategies to enhance their position in the war. Yeah, so you have, like, Ahsoka gets sad for, like, 
two seconds when these clones die. But then, I think it's actually, I think it's Captain Rex. He's like, oh, you know, they died doing their duty. And then it's like, oh, okay, that's fine then. I'm like, no, that's still really fucked up. Because they, they do a thing in the show where they also try to show us that, you know, the clones are distinct and have different personalities and are different people. Hence the fact that you even have Captain Rex as, like, a distinct figure and not just a random clone every week. So they sort of try to have it both ways. It's definitely difficult to do that to kind of show, like, you know, that clothes people too, and they have distinct personalities, but, you know, they're also here for a purpose, and their purpose isn't for them to make friends that they ever want to be essential to the plot. It's because they have to fight a war, the clone war. But <laughs> I don't know. It's hard, you know, it's hard to kind of do that in, like, a animated series like this, but. Well, what did you think? Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, what did you rate those two episodes? Like, like all together? I mean, I don't know. Every, like, I feel like my baseline in Clone Wars is pretty much a 4. <laughs> That's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. Look, I get... There's been some episodes I like, and there's been some scenes I really like. But I... I I do found that I'm I'm getting more bored than I thought was possible in 20 minute episodes. But I'm almost I think I have like like four more episodes in the first season, maybe six. God, I was not six, but it's not too much more, and so I'm looking to get out of this first season mostly. Yeah, there's some steamy stuff that ends at like the, that happens at like the season finale of uh, season one. So I'm excited for you to talk about that. There's some characters that appear again for the first time in a while so you'll see some fun Clone Wars season finale action but that should be fun well I'm glad you know a four is terrible but it's not catastrophic so it gets better or it's gonna get better <laughs> and I say that every episode and I truly don't mean no, I'm kidding I yeah I mean it's Clone Wars, you know, some scenes you do enjoy. Like, did you, were there any scenes in this episode that really got to you? Um, you say no. That's totally okay. I, I don't really, literally, like, I watched them this morning. I, I, I barely remember them. Okay. That's a good answer. So <laughs> I remember being super annoyed when Jar Jar is, like, gets his tongue caught in this droid head. Did you like the other Gungan um, lady with the creatures? Oh, that, that I forgot. I was going to talk about Peppa, Peppa Bow or Peppa, Peppa Bow. Or, oh, look, she's less annoying than Jar Jar. I'll say that. <laughs> At least she like actually does something, which she like attacks the mad scientist dude, and not just because she's stumbling around and accidentally does it. Oh no, I know what scene you're talking about now with Jar Jar because he sees that like dragon fruit plant, or he sees that bug thing and he sees a bug <laughs> and he like tries to get it. it with his stomach and then it like he tries to eat it with his stomach is that what you said no he tries, <laughs> he tries to catch it with his tongue and he gets his head stuck in a droid and it's stupid <laughs> i really fucking like i can't stand that shit because was... then he like crashes into these shelves and knocks him down and it destroys the droid that they were trying to question 
That was a pretty nice looking bug though. I mean, like I wouldn't eat it, but there was a nice color palette for the bug, didn't you think? It was blue <laughs> and shiny. Oh, and fucking Jar Jar's also responsible for Padme getting infected. Because he, like, like Ahsoka's doing something or other, like, trying to take down this droid thing. And because and Padme and Jar Jar are in, like, are in suits, so they don't get exposed. But then Jar Jar fires his blaster at this thing to try to be helpful. And then there's this whole ricochet effect. And Padme pushes Jar Jar out of the way so he doesn't get killed and her suit gets broken oh it's like the self-sacrifice like here i'll save you but i'm gonna get fucked over instead because i'm a nice person because jar is dumb and annoying and always doing dumb annoying things he's like that young kid you have to babysit a lot and like he just keeps making like the same mistakes he keeps spilling the milk and well that's the thing is it's like, if, if that were, like, something that happened once with Jar Jar, <laughs> it's fine. But literally, it's every episode he's in. It's some accidental, clumsy chain of events that either makes something terrible happen or saves the day. And either way, it annoys me. It makes me feel bad for his parents. Like, I wonder what his parents had to go through. Like, there should be, like, a reality show called, like, Raising Jar Jar. <laughs> Or they just, I don't know, but like, they didn't really explain, you know, Jar Jar's, like, parentage or anything. Like, he was raised in Uthagunga, but it's never, I feel like his parents are probably ashamed to reveal themselves in the Star Wars universe because of the reputation of Jar Jar, so. Strange, but. Anyways, so, that was Clone Wars. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the next episodes. I don't remember what episode comes next, but I say that every episode, and then I remember. It's some, it's, I looked ahead, it's some two-parter, but I don't know what it's about. Those are always the good ones. I like, you know, the continuation ones, because it's, it ends, and you're like, oh, I have to wait, and then it's right there on Netflix in five seconds, and you're like, hey, five seconds, so. Anyways, so... We might as well get into our top three this week and emails. And I just want to say that thank you to everyone <laughs> who has sent us top three emails. I think that we have like a top three subject for the next four weeks because of everyone. Yeah. So that like that's the thing. Like we try to we'll try to read like regular emails and voicemails like as they come in. But if you do top three emails, which like we still want you to send in top three topics, just know we're only doing like one a week so when we don't do yours that's why we'll get to it we promise oh yeah we promise like that means so much you know getting these emails and seeing like a top three subject like we had a top three subject from a person and she sent in two top threes and she sent in you know her responses to that it's exciting you know reading what she has to say about these topics and then she's going to be listening to this two weeks from now and hearing what we have to say and it's going to be fun so i'll get the email out right now so, uh, Rusty, who is my brother, he sent in... Hi, Rusty! Hi, Rusty! But Rusty is now an official member of the Rogue One Army. And it's very exciting for Rusty. He's very happy. He enjoys everyone's presence. And he's a big fan of a lot of podcasts that 
we all listen to, and including this one. He's been our fan since the very first day, literally. So I'll read his email right now. And he titles it, Questions. Very original. (laughs) Star Wars has a tradition to bring in new actors, and so far it has been pleasing. Let's say that Daisy Ridley couldn't act, which she can. (laughs) Who would be your top three actress list for the part of Rey? And then I'll read his question after we're done reading the top three choices. So, Emily, what do you think? Oh, man, this was hard. This was hard partially because I was thinking it's got to be somebody at least like sort of around the same age as Daisy. And also it's just hard to imagine anybody else as Ray, because Daisy's perfect and amazing and adorable. And I am in love with her like everyone else in the world is. So it was hard. Also, like, I just like I had to look up because I'm like, what actresses are around that age? Because everybody, everybody I would think of as possibility, then I'd go look and they're like, oh, they're like 35. So that doesn't work. Um, so I don't really have these in order. But um, one was uh, Katie Leong who is from Harry Potter. She played Cho Chang in those movies. And she's like, I mean, I mean, Cho Chang's a fairly small part, but I like her in those movies. I think she's like plays that role that's sort of sweet and intelligent, but has a little bit of toughness to her. Um, I just, I like her and she's somebody who came to mind. The other one, uh, Haley Steinfeld who is from uh, True Grit and and just did a phenomenal job in that movie. Like, she is so good in it. Um, And again, like, she's about the right age. A little bit younger. She's 20. Well, actually, it's it's perfect for Rey, but I like her. Um, And the only other one I could really think of who I think is around the right age and can kind of do the the toughness that's required uh, is Sophie Turner uh, from Aww. Game of Thrones. She's Sansa Stark and is also in the new X-Men. She is Jean Grey and doing a good job with that role. I'm really excited to see how she does in the Dark Phoenix movie that's coming up. But I think... Game of Thrones has, has proven that she has a pretty solid range. Wow. Yeah, you mentioned Haley Steinfeld. And I, think, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. And that was a really interesting choice because I do remember seeing True Grit as a kid in the theaters and noticing how well she was at acting. She was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, for that too. And she was only like 10 or 12. And now she does music. And she doesn't really do a lot of acting anymore, which kind of sucks. Like, you you wish the best for someone in that industry. And I don't know if getting into music is the best thing. But then again, acting is a different thing. I don't know. I don't do any of that. But I hear her on the radio all the time. And I prefer her acting than her singing. 
I don't nice. I don't know that I've ever heard her singing. Yeah, it's it's she sings a lot of those young girl positivity songs, which you know are good, but I don't really I don't know. Then Sophie Turner. I love her. I love my fellow redheads. Even though she's not I don't know if she's a real redhead or not, but she rocks that red hair and I love her in Game of Thrones. A lot of people don't like her in Game of Thrones, but that's a good thing they don't like her character because that means that she's acting well as that character. She's my favorite. I adore her. I go Sansa. She's my favorite. Like, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now because I also do a Game of Thrones podcast with Ollie, who does the Richie Nolly show on the Radio Free Podcasting Network. And uh, Ollie and I do a game of thrones podcast called a storm of shit where we talk about you know episodes of game of thrones we review them and we just recently rewatched season one episode one of game of thrones and you know seeing sophie turner at such a young age god she's grown so much as a woman and you know real life and you know the fictional game of thrones life so it's amazing you know seeing that and seeing her first role and her role in game of thrones seeing how she's grown so but yeah, I'm really excited to see her just completely kick ass in the Dark Phoenix movie. It's going to be, oh, hopefully it's going to be great. She, I believe, will be great, even if the movie isn't. I know, I never, I only watched, I'm trying to think of the X-Men films that I saw in the theater. I saw the one in 2011, it was Apocalypse, but it was like a... Days of Future Past? Days of Future Past, I think. Yeah, that, I, I enjoy that one, but... I haven't seen anyone since that. Oh, no, 2011, 2011 would have been New Class. Yeah, wait, no, it was New Class because they, like... Yeah, because Days of Future Class was the one after, yeah. Wolverine was in it for a hot second, and they said, like, oh, like, hey, do you want to be part of our little group? And he said, fuck off. And I was like, yeah! He said fuck in a movie! And, but... <laughs> that was, like, 16-year-old me, but... That was a good movie. I enjoyed that, so I should watch more. Jean Grey or Sophie Turner as Jean Grey, because I love her. So who's who's your choices? God. I went based off of the people that were rumored to play Ray because I couldn't really think of a lot of actresses. Because I put a lot into my head about actresses, like, you know, like how, what they've done when movies and everything, because it's hard to really find, like, an unknown so it's hard to find that, but I kind of went based off of the people who are rumored. And again, this is kind of scattered, so I didn't really pick like a one, two, or three. One of them was Irish American actress, and her name is Cerise Ronan. She was in the Grand Budapest Hotel in Brooklyn, and she's about 23. And she's a beautiful young girl. She's blonde. She's about five foot five or around. <laughs> That's creepy that I remember that. Or, But I don't know. I feel like she would be a good choice. You know, she was in those like HBO shows and she was in some movies. Like she has some history of, you know, being in a big movie. And she said something oh, of a quote about how she auditioned for Star Wars. And all these people did. They said like, oh, I auditioned for Star Wars. And they said, oh, shit, was I supposed to say that? Which is my favorite because, of course, you shouldn't say that because it's Star Wars. It's a big deal. But I think she would have been good. But, you know, I want to preface by saying that Daisy Ridley is so fantastic. And I don't think anyone can replace her. 
Like, I can't imagine anyone else playing Raid, but... Anyways, so another person that I thought of mind was Jessica Henwick. And she actually plays Jess Testor. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. She's in the movie. Like, she's actually in The Force Awakens. But originally, she auditioned for Rey. And she said, like, in an interview, you know, how she knew the character and she got into it. So I thought that was really cool. Like, she's an Asian-American actress here, right? Let me look that up. So I can oh, yeah, she's in, she's in uh, Iron Fist and oh, The Iron Defenders. Fist. Yeah, so... I think that would have been interesting to have her as Ray. Like I can imagine her in like little buns and everything. Like I always look at these, I look at these girls and see them in the buns and be like, I can see you in a bun, but I don't know. Like I haven't really seen anything like, yeah, obviously she's in the movie, but I, I almost like don't want to imagine like seeing, like I don't want to see a movie and be like, that's the person I want to see in Star Wars. Like I almost want to be surprised, you know? So that was one of mine. And my last one is interesting because it's Billy Lord. Oh, okay. How, how fucking awesome would it be to have Billy Lord play Ray and her mom in real life being Princess Leia? Like, I think I think that'd be so cool. And she was actually a rumor. She actually JJ like called her one day and said, "Hey, doing an interview for this." lead role I have and I she said that on the Ellen show I believe like a little bit ago or like a year ago but it's still rumored but I don't know how that would be because she's really successful right now like she's an American horror story or not coven she's in um cult and she was on this show on Fox I forget what it was called Uh, John Stamos is in it too she was on Scream Queens Scream Queens yeah because John Stamos does that too and but yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting seeing her because we haven't really seen a lot of her, uh, her acting skills. And, you know, she's related to Carrie. So, you know, obviously there's probably something there. And it'd be fun, you know, seeing someone like her do a role like this and knowing that, you know, her mom is watching, that everyone, you know, expects so much from her and seeing what she does. But I am, I, I look at your top three picks now and think, damn, those are some pretty good <laughs> I almost think that the girl that plays Arya, I forget her name. Oh, it's going to bug me. Okay, let's get up. I mean, I have to because it just, it's something that I know that it, uh, oh, Maisie Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams. How cool would it be to see her as Rey? Like, I know she's only like 20, but man, that, yeah, she's 20. But that'd be so, she'd be the cutest little Ray. Like she's only like five foot three or five foot two, or I think probably below that. But she's just so little and cute, and she has really great acting skills. Because you know everything that Arya went through in season seven of Game of Thrones, or her acting is just oh God, it's amazing. And she was nominated for an a cat or an, or an Emmy last year, so. Her acting skills are She's very good. I know, like, she's now a faceless man in Game of Thrones or a faceless woman, but, man, imagine her as Rey, like, wielding that lightsaber. Like, she can already wield a sword pretty fucking good. Just imagine, you know, a lightsaber or a staff, like, that what Rey has, but. I mean, my only thing with her is that she, I mean, she is 20, but she would have been, so she would have been, what, like, 
16 when Force Awakens was filming? And she looks younger than that? She would have been a really young Ray. Yeah, but then again, you know, you have actors and actresses, you know, auditioning for walls of 16-year-olds when they're like well, 30. Well, yeah, but like Mark but Hamill. She looks, what I'm saying yeah. is she looks younger. And that makes it that would make that makes Ray a different like I don't I don't know, like it'd be it'd be weird to have Ray that young. But again, that's just because, you know, we are she's so firmly in our mind as Daisy. That's a That's another good point by Emily. Yeah, I don't know cuz then that, know, oh, man, that, 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 then that fucking stuff with Kylo becomes even more creepy. I was just going to say, yeah, all those people, like, shipping Raylo and shipping, like, a 16-year-old girl with a 32-year-old guy. Like, Jesus. Like, they'd probably have to recast everyone if they had her in mind. Well, I don't know. J.J. probably had a bunch of actors and actresses in mind for the parts of, you know, Kylo, Finn, and, and Ray, And... God, so many people like that one kid and um, I forget that movie, that really cheesy movie, The Fault in Our Stars, that Ansel Exhort or whatever his name is. Yeah. He was in talks to having a role in Star Wars, which no, but a lot of actors. And then like there was that rumor early on that like Zac Efron was in consideration and fuck that. I know that was a lie because I found that Entertainment Weekly and. No, 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 Zac Efron. Get Zac Efron away from everything. He's like, I have, I have literally no problem with Zac Efron. Really? Like, I know people really hate him. I think he's like, I mean, he's in a lot of shit that I don't like, but I think he's perfectly charming in all of it. Did you ever watch like High School Musical? No, but he like the stuff he's done afterwards, <laughs> like the comedies and stuff that he's done afterwards. I mean, they're all pretty bad. Like, Baywatch is not good. Dirty Grandpa's terrible. But he's pretty funny and charming in them. I almost think that because, you know, I watched High School Musical. Like, you watch this kid when he's about, like, 16 or 17. I basically watched Zac Efron grow up. And seeing him in all these different movies is kind of annoying. Because, you know, you want the best for an actor. And seeing an actor in these kind of movies kind of, like, diminishes, you know, their acting skills or whatever. Because... I don't know, like, this kid could sing, he can dance, and he can act kind of, but he's kind of better than the other two. Like, he was an okay singer. Like, he sang in the second two high school musicals. Not the first, and that was very, a very big deal, but... Oh, here's a connection. Apparently he's voiced, in, in Robot Chicken, he's voiced Anakin. Yeah! Yeah, I read that somewhere. That's so funny. Because I remember watching Robot Chicken, and you know, I there was like a scene that with like Anakin and Padme, and I was like, that sounds like Zac Efron, and I kind of you know let it go. And then I looked it up a couple of years later, and I'm like, oh, Zac Efron, I didn't expect you to be here. <laughs> yeah, well, that was our top three conversation. Thank you for everyone who sent us top three topics. If you want us to talk about a top three that you want to hear about, anywhere from you know favorite trying to think of one that we haven't gotten yet so yeah if you find a topic that you want us to talk about a top three topic email us at cantobitepod at gmail.com and we will happily enthusiastically answer it but we're going to go to our questions right now because rusty also had a question and he asks in the recent photos from entertainment tonight we see some fresh cool photos of episode eight 
I noticed that some of these characters have new haircuts. Where in the galaxy do they get a haircut? I'm always, I've always wondered who cuts their hair. That's a good question, Rusty. I'm going to go with barber droids. Yeah, I almost think that, you know, the Starkiller base and, you know, the other command ships that they have in the First Order, they're so big that there's probably, like, a different department in everything. Like, Finn was sanitation. Like, they had to have, like, a barber cosmetology or something in that system. Like, they had to have someone, because there's pretty good makeup in Star Wars and there's pretty good haircuts there's different haircuts like they had to have someone and most of the time it could have been a droid but maybe they wanted to incorporate some jobs for you know people so they could have added you know people to that so maybe some people cut Hux's hair because Hux looks very good and I'm excited to see him in The Last Jedi what do you think? yeah I mean it's it's creating employment Uh, I mean it makes like the new haircuts and stuff seem a little bit more justified for, like the the Empire or the or the First Order. Because, I mean, because they have the whole militaristic thing. Like there is a line in the Phasma book about like when when one of the characters is walking through a bunch of recruits, like seeing the recruits like rubbing their heads to make sure that their their hair is like regulation length. So it like uh, uh, like on their side, and and Hux is an asshole and like really pompous. So it would make sense that he cares about his appearance. <laughs> that asshole. We we love our assholes in our mm-hmm. Star Wars world, especially when they're pretty and they have nice hair. And does he have? I don't think he has a cape. He doesn't have a cape. No, he doesn't have a cape. But who knows? You know, maybe he goes to the imperial thrift shop and finds a nice cape and he says I want to have a cape then he goes where's that cape and I don't know where I'm going with it I don't know where you're going with it either (laughs) (laughs) I mean everyone looks better in a cape like I I feel like I would look better in a cape like I'm trying to find a Halloween costume because I think I'm gonna go to Halloween costume or Halloween Halloween party in a couple weeks and I always suck with costumes like I sucked with costumes so much last year that I just did my face makeup as like a deer and then I wore like a green spotted dress and I just said I was a dildo from online because I saw a picture of like a couple and the woman was a deer and the guy was a pickle and they said they were a dildo and I'm like I'll do that because I just wanted to find an excuse to do my makeup but I'm just not really that creative and I need to find something creative to do and Emily are you that creative I feel like every episode this past month I'm like Emily what are you doing for Halloween Emily but yeah are you creative not when it comes to like costumes did you do anything for last Halloween, or do you ever dress up? Or? No. I mean, not since I was a kid. That's so sad. Like, you don't dress up as an adult? No. <laughs> wow. I need to find something to be. Like, I'd want to be a Star Wars character, but I hate being or being that person. It's like, there are no redheads in Star Wars, but I don't want to dress up as Hawks, and... I don't know. Maybe I'll 
get my Ikea rug and be Sansa Stark for Halloween or something. I don't know. I'll keep you guys updated with that. Or if you have any Halloween costume ideas for any of us, just email us at CantoBitePod and <laughs> we'll take those into consideration. Don't say we. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, because that's a lie. Don't lie to our listeners. I'm not going to take anything into consideration because I'm not doing anything for Halloween that would necessitate a costume. I'm not going to get okay, the if- costume to sit on my ass in my house and eat candy and watch fucking horror movies. <laughs> you dress up and do it. Like, it's it's kind of like a, I don't know, like, if it's cheap, like, if you can just, like, if you find something around the house. No, like, that's, you just name that's some- something that a crazy person does. Why is it so normal in California then to like, you know, create costumes out of like anything? Like, no, 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 that's fine. You can create a costume out of everything. But if you're in a costume and you're just hanging out at your house, that's insane. <laughs> I feel really crazy right now. I apologize. But that's true. I, uh, <laughs> again, Emily. <laughs> that's true. So. I will change that with, um, if you have any costume ideas for me and not Emily, maybe like imaginary ideas for Emily or movie topics for Emily. Cause Emily's watching a lot of horror movies this October. So if you have any movie recommendations for Emily, just email us at cantobotpod at gmail.com. No zombie movies. Yeah. No zombie movies. Don't watch zombie movies. Don't like zombie movies. Don't like zombies. Except maybe a couple of the Romero films, because he, like, actually did good, interesting, like, relevant stuff. And then mm-hmm. everything else is dumb. I don't like zombies. I know. I'm taking a international film class right now, and we're going through a lot of uh, German expressionist video or movies. And one of them that we watched was, like, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And it's a very, like, creepy film. Like, a lot of German expressionist films are very dark, gritty, creepy movies. And I think you should check that one out. It's really weird. It's a silent film. It was released in, like, the 1930s, I believe. But I definitely think you should check that one out. Because it's really creepy. Like, it's kind of, like, not really spoilery. But it has, like, a double meaning to the film. And some weird shit. Okay. That's my our first recommendation, but yeah, fun stuff. So we'll get to some more emails. Uh, we have an email from Jim. He says, yeah, this is about the Disney streaming service, and he says, Hi, we know a new Star Wars TV show is coming in the future, and that Disney announced a standalone streaming service launching in 2019. With this information, what do you think the odds are that the news show is exclusive to the Disney streaming service? Also, what's your opinion if this were the case? Would you be okay paying for another streaming service to watch it? I know Star Trek is doing something similar, and I'm curious to see how successful it is long-term, as that may indicate how Disney deals with their Star Wars properties. Thanks for the great pod, Jim. Thank you, Jim. I don't know how successful... The, the Star Trek has been for CBS's streaming thing that I don't remember the name is, but I know that people are really unhappy about it. 
like super pissed off to be paying for one show. Now there's a couple of differences here in that it sort of depends what else the that Disney streaming services has in terms of whether it's sort of like access to the full Disney library or whether they're rotating stuff in and out and how good that is. I think part of the problem with the CBS service is most people who are interested in Star Trek don't have any other interest in the program because as far as I know, everything else on it is just like the CBS broadcast programs you could get on their network. But I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we saw it be like, maybe it gets first airing on their streaming service to try to drive up subscriptions, but then it airs, like, a week later on, you know, Disney Channel or whatever. Yeah, I'm definitely mixed on this, because there's already a lot of, you know, streaming websites or streaming services, like you have Netflix and you have Hulu, and having one just specifically for Star Wars, or not Star Wars, for Disney, uh, I don't know. I'm almost to the point where if they do do this... I'm just going to buy all my Star Wars, you know, buy Star Wars Rebels or so I don't have to, you know, watch it on a streaming service or, I don't know, watch it from a friend or something. Yeah, I mean, because when we started getting stream streaming services, it was a whole like, you know, oh, you don't need cable anymore. But if every company starts having their own subscription services, then that becomes as expensive or even more expensive than cable. So I, I mean, I don't know, like it would have to be a super good show for me to subscribe just for that because I don't I don't really have any other interest anything they would have like I own the Star Wars movies so if I want to watch them I already have them and I'm just not watching Disney movies that often like if I had kids that might make more sense yeah that's a good point about kids like I'm really into Disney movies like I've said about a hundred thousand times and having a streaming service you know for Disney and for Disney movies I think that would be you know interesting like maybe I'll pay for that it depends and you know there brings up the question like what if you know they're going to come out with a new series or a new show but they're only show this on the st- streaming website that's a really conflicting thing because one I don't know if they'll actually do that but two if they do do that how many people will actually just subscribe for that show? Because I know a lot of people do that for HBO, specifically for only Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think, you know, it's a combination of of things like how much it costs and what else is on it and, and just what the show is really. I mean, if it's Rebel, if it's something like Rebels, I'm, not, I'm definitely not paying for it. I still can't believe that Disney is going through with this with their own streaming website or sorry I keep saying website but I mean service my words are but Star Trek is doing something similar to this Star Trek the new Star Trek show I mean the first two episodes were on and you could get online for free and I think I think maybe even one of them or both of them aired on CBS but then going forward all the new ones are on their whatever the CBS online is Wow. I didn't yeah, know so it's a, it's a completely new show. Uh, have you watched it? Yeah. I watched the, the pilot, and I'm concerned. It doesn't, doesn't feel like Star Trek to me. It's got some definite problems. Uh, they do sort of the same thing that annoys me that Star Wars does, which is they're... they're do, like, all of their new stuff is set 
like in the timeline of the original series or or right before it like the show is still like 10 years i think before the original series starts it's sort of like star wars you know is really obsessed with the with the era of the originals and i kind of like you, you know you're doing sci-fi which is all about like imagination in the future so maybe like maybe go beyond your already set timeline stop cramming stuff in and like do something new gosh that's so conflicting yeah seeing that i'm not really i'm not really big into star trek because i am into like star wars so seeing that they're going to do a tv show on cbs was i didn't know how to feel about it so i kind of sad to see that it's not doing so well in your eyes and i've kind of heard conflicting things about it from other people too so hopefully it gets better i hope for the best for that show yeah, I'd, be, I'd like to have a Star Trek to watch again. Yeah, we all deserve a good Star Trek. I know I enjoyed the movies. J.J. Abrams did a good job with those two movies, and the third one was good. Oh. We do have a voicemail, too. Do you want to play it, or do you want me to? I can play it. That's fine. One second. Okay. Let me pull it up. Yeah. I have not listened to this yet. Neither so have I. This is from King Tom. You said it last week, you know you're a real Star Wars podcast when King Tom sends you a voicemail or an email. It's very kind. Thank you. Alrighty, let's see if I can get this to work. Okay. Hello, Emily and Brittany. King Tom here. How are you doing? I wanted to ask the two of you about video games. It feels like after the trailer... Probably after Rebels. The other Star Wars thing people are excited about is, um, and of course after the certain point of view book, but um, after those things, people are really excited about the new Battlefront video game, and you know, looks like a fun game, and the Inferno Squad book was a really good book, um, and you know, people obviously are excited about it. Um, I... I've played a lot of video games in my time, believe it or not. I was very big into the Star Wars games that came out in the 90s. Less so the more recent ones, uh, just because you know, I didn't really have an Xbox or a um, PlayStation. I kind of play what came out for the computer, and I never played the last Battlefront because my computer wasn't good enough. But I got a new computer, pre-ordered Battlefront, looking forward to it. But I realize, even though they're telling more stories, more canon stories or whatever, through the video games, I realize that they're not as accessible to everyone. You know, people can go to the movies or watch a movie on TV. People can buy books, get them from the library, read them in their own time. But video games, it requires a lot more time. It requires skill. some video games do at least but also you know it requires more of a money investment because you have to buy the systems and the computers and the games and the subscriptions and all this other shit um and it's it's not it's not for everyone and i get that uh but i was just wondering how you two uh, felt about that uh especially you know in, in terms of what's the one coming out um i for Veriso, however you say her name, <laughs> um, she's a very interesting character, and Imperial characters, especially in the new canon, always have a little bit more interesting spin to them. And I want to just see what you felt about all of that. <laughs> I know I'm rambling now. Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> okay. 
Hey, awesome. like, what's what's your thought? Like, what's your have you ever played a Star Wars video game? Yeah, I've played a numerous amount of games. I've played the original Battlefronts one and two. I played the Revenge of the Sith video game in two thousand five. It came out. I played the Lego games. Um, I'm not that great at those video games. I would always kind of use the cheats to make myself better and because I don't know, I wasn't really that good, but I'm excited for these video games because of the storyline and I know I'm not going to purchase the games, but I know that, you know, people are going to post, you know, themselves playing this on the internet and seeing the storyline and I'm really excited to see, you know, Iden Versio's story throughout this era and battlefront because we don't really see a lot of interpretations of the empire after the empire from you know a woman i don't know i'm excited to see her story they kind of released a single player story scene the other day and it was just basically you know her ident getting orders from kind of a robot of sheev palpatine saying that they were doing operation snyder signed her or something to begin and it was part of the game or something but it was really cool you know it's like a movie you know watching these scenes and there was something there was a little campaign like this in battlefront 2 the one that came out in 2005 and it was about a clone trooper who had a diary throughout you know the empire and he would talk about events from you know, the Clone Wars too. then, and you do little battles, and you do, like, there'd be, like, a list of things you have to do to succeed in the mission, and then they'd show little scenes, and he'd talk, and it was really interesting, and, you know, they brought up a lot of emotions that a lot of the previous clone troopers felt during the destruction of the Death Star, because they lost a lot of their men that they have fought with for many years. So, you know, seeing story like this, but then again, Tom, uh, he mentions the you know having to require more time if you want to play this game and it's probably not accessible because you know these games are pretty expensive i believe that this is about like 60 or 70 dollars or more to you know get this on pc or xbox 360 or xbox one that's how behind i am but i don't know like if you can't play this game and want to know the story i'd either recommend you know watching youtube videos they do a lot of um people do like they they play it live and you can watch those or i don't know what do you think emily um i mean for me like i wish i'd be more interested in the game if it were all story mode because that's that's really what i'm interested in especially especially this story because i really liked inferno squad i thought it was a great book i thought it's a really interesting character I'm excited to see more of her i'm interested to see her story in the game but i know the game is much more like heavily focused on the multiplayer and that I just I just don't have much interested in. I mean I'm a little more interested in this just because we know so many people who play it and it'd be kind of fun to get it on that but I'm 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 terrible at those games. Like like any sort of like shooting thing like I'm just not good at it. And I don't particularly enjoy them. So I, like I don't know. I wish I could just. I wish I could just buy the story mode and not anything else. The story mode is always like so much more interesting than you know playing like 
you know, just instant action or multiplayer. I can't stand multiplayer because other people are so good and you're playing with people that are just so much better than you. It's almost annoying. Like, you know, playing with a friend is kind of fun. Like, I would always play those kind of games with my brother and we were kind of both, like, the same level and we would always have our, like, little jokes. Like, I would sit in a turret and try to find him or I would, like, try to snipe him and it'd be kind of, like, our funny little joke. But people are so strategic in that those kind of games. So it's really hard to you know stay alive for a long period of time because someone will kill you oh and especially like especially multiplayer when you're on like a team so then not only like are you dying but then like you have people who are pissed at you because you're dying like i don't have time for that like i just got like i just i focus on i mean i don't play many video games i mostly play pinball Mm -hmm. but i just got this new game cophead and it is I mean, it's like a it's like a run and gun kind of thing, but it's set with this old like thirty style animation, and it's really cool. It is one of the hardest video games I've ever played, and I'm terrible at it. But that's okay because it's just me playing it. Like it's not multiplayer. Like there's a you can do like local multiplayer, but there's no online multiplayer, so there's nobody else relying on me to be good at it. Hmm. Yeah, the old Battlefront used to have instant action, Galactic Conquest, and then like a little story mode, and then they would have multiplayer. And I would always find myself playing on like the instant action, where you're kind of just like playing with like a, an AI, like artificial intelligence team, and you can like set like an easy, medium, or like hard. And I'd always do medium, because I didn't want it too hard. Like I kind of wanted to, you know, know my surroundings and get comfortable with everything and I wanted to play Galactic Conquest when I would feel like you know being strategic because of course Galactic Conquest is when you know you want to you want to proclaim victory on all the planets so you have to play on you pick which planet to play you have to pick like which bonus you want like for instance if you wanted to have like like back to tanks or if you wanted a garrison of (coughs) troops it was fun. I definitely recommend those games, Emily. If you have a if PC, they're only like five bucks on eBay or Amazon or something. I definitely recommend that. It's a fun little thing to do in your spare time. But okay. I don't know. That's a this tricky subject, but yeah, video games. I'm excited to see Iden Versio. I really want to see that story. Or her story. Yeah, that's the piece I'm really most interested in. And so I'll, I'll probably go online and either like just read up on it or, or watch some Let's Play videos. Or just ask people who are playing it to tell me the story. It's like a movie. It's so exciting. Like, I follow some of those people on YouTube. Like, I follow this guy. His name's Randy. And he does, he does, like, kind of, like, Let's Play videos. And he does a lot of, like, those Galactic Conquests from, like, Battlefront 1 and 2 from, like, 2002 and 2005. And it's really fun to watch. I mean, like, when I'm really lazy and don't want to play video games, I just watch people <laughs> play video games. So. Oh, my God. Steel just retweeted this, but there's, uh, there's pork oven mitts. What? <laughs> Oh my god, they're so cute. Oh my. Oh, Steel. My friend, my good friend, Steel. Oh my god, I want them so bad. Look at the little arms, their little hands. Where can you get these? I don't know, because they're Funko Europe, so I don't even know if they're out in the U.S. God damn it. 
I really want them. I just replied saying, I want these now. Perfect for cooking porgs in. God, I don't really do a lot of things that require me to wear oven mitts, but I would find things to make myself oven mitts with. But my sister was just here, and she kind of taught me how to make creme brulee because that's, like, one of my favorite desserts of all time. And it's really easy. So maybe if I get these oven mitts, I'll be like, I should make myself some creme brulee, and maybe I'll do that. So. Oh, there's also a BB9E. Dude, fuck that. I'm all here for the porgs. <laughs> no kidding. BB9E is a good droid, but... No, he's a bad droid. Well, I, that's what I meant. Like, but we love him. He's bad, but he's good. It's like uh, Mendo. It's like we love him, but he's bad. I love him in a very different way <laughs> than I love Mendo. <laughs> Emily is not sexually attracted to I mean, droids. I don't know about you, but... I mean, well, certainly not little round, like, ball droids. Wait. So you're attracted to other droids? No, but I'm just saying there could be a possibility of that. I oh. mean, like, look at the, like, the robots in Westworld are super fucking hot because they just look like people, but they're robots. So if you add, like, some, like, super hot droid in, like, okay, this is going to sound creepy, but who is, who is, like, Flash, then totally. Wow. They're, like, there's all sorts, there's a long history of sexy robots. They just look like people. Like the in the new Battlestar Galactica, which is no longer new, but I mean, <laughs> the the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, the the they were human looking robots, real humans as human looking robots, and they're super fucking hot, and they're robots, which automatically makes them cooler than people. How do you have sex with a robot though? Well, I mean, they're anatomically correct. Interesting. If they have working bits, like even even fucking. Data in Star Trek The Next Generation was anatomically correct. Which is something you don't want to think about too much because it's weird. But they mentioned it on the show. I feel like I'm just learning so much every day. Like, wow. And of course, like, the ones on Westworld do because that's basically what they're built for because human beings are gross and disgusting. I agree with that. But... Interesting. Maybe one day, like, there's, like, Tinder for us. Like, maybe one day we'll match with robots or something. Or that's the future. But it's funny that we got from porg mitts to having sex with robots. That just shows. Yeah, you know, things happen. I love it. It's natural and it's all great. Fun. Let's see. We, if you listen to this episode on the day it goes out, I will be at New York Comic Con. Hey, I won't be. So if you're listening to this and you're at New York Comic Con on Friday or Saturday, then, like, shoot a text. Or, I mean, not a text. Jesus fucking Christ. Shoot a DM. <laughs> or just a regular tweet to the, the Canto Bite pod Twitter and I'll see that. And maybe we can meet up or something. I don't know. Please do it for me. Just do it for me and my son, Pineapple the Porg. I just like to know that people are listening. Like, there's actual, like, real people out there who listen to this show. And it's not just us talking into the void, <laughs> which is what I worry about a lot. Oh, don't worry. We actually have listeners. Like, I was I was at a family event today, and my cousin came up to me, and she says, Hey, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, holy shit, really? Like, I, you, you know, a bunch of people, you know, reach out, and they say they listen. And you're like, really? That's awesome. So, you know, you never know. Like, there's definitely people listening. Like, we actually have reviews on iTunes, by the way. 
If you like us, give us a five-star review on iTunes. At Canto Byte Dispatch on iTunes. Just search it. All that fun stuff. But, yeah, there's definitely people listening. And thank you for everyone listening. And don't worry, Emily. Emily, you're funny. You worry about that stuff. But you should. It's fine. It's fine. And if the trailer really does go up when everybody thinks it does, we are going to try to do like a, a reaction episode that night and then get it up the next day yes. or two. We want to do that for you guys so that you hear from us, you know, very soon after the trailer. So, you know, you have something to listen to because, of course, you're going to have a lot of thoughts after seeing this trailer and you're thinking in the back of your head. What do my podcast people think about this? And then you'll refresh your phone and you'll say, hey, Canto by Dispatch. They have a podcast. Maybe they talk about the trailer and we're going to talk about the trailer. We're going to share our thoughts. And you're going to be like, no way. We share the same thoughts. And then you're going to email us and it's going to be a great time. Yeah, I don't know if I can promise to be as amusing as the ones that Steele does while he's watching it the first time. Which is a combination of him crying (laughs) and what sounds disturbing me like orgasming but other than that i think it'll be pretty good i know i've like contemplated whether or not i want to like record myself watching it or record myself i don't know but (sighs) that happened once and it was like really really sad it was just me looking at my phone be like (coughs) but i don't know we'll see but yeah we want to have a kind of reaction to the trailer episode so we'll have that soon out for you guys when the trailer decides to come out which is soon i presume okay let's see uh you can send us emails or voicemails at cantobitepod at gmail.com got the address right for its time this hell week. yeah um you can follow us on twitter and instagram at cantobitepod you can follow me personally on twitter at ef lind that's at e-f-l-i-n-d how about you and you can follow me on twitter at Canto Brit and on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger and I also do another podcast with my good friend Ollie which is a Game of Thrones podcast called A Storm of Shit and you can find us and other exciting fun podcasts part of the Radio Free Podcasting Network that's at RadioFreePodcasting.com go on there check out all the cool shows there's a whole bunch of them now a lot of different topics a lot of pop culture stuff a lot of just sort of quirky interesting little like very specific things and i think there's a lot of good people there making a lot of good things so go check it out radiofreepodcasting.com yes thank you emily for joining me as always on this wonderful podcast thank you Brittany. and we will see you guys next time bye bye